Securities, new partners, EG Tax. Well, good afternoon, everybody, or whatever time is you're listening to our weekly podcast. This is EG Tax coming to you. How you doing, Esther? Hey, Chris. I'm Esther Golius, the tax lady from EG Tax, and this is our uh, podcast, and we're glad that, that you um, joined us. Now, uh, we are trying to make you learn so much about taxes so that you make wise decisions. Nothing hurts worse than to watch somebody come in during tax season after they've made a bad decision and because they didn't know. And so that's one of the, our goals here uh, at EG Tax uh, is to get you educated so you start making some smart decisions. Because what the, you know, the raw data that you get like from your neighbor over the fence can be the worst tax advice that you ever got ever and make you uh, pay a lot of money. And I'm joined in studio with Chris Fabian, who did the intro, Tiffany Fabian. Hey, Tiff. Hey there, Esther and Chris. Hello, everybody. Uh, hello, everybody. All right. So today I thought, and by the way, is there anything you wanted to uh, tell people about that's happening in the wonderful world of taxes here? Well, you know, we have a tax class that starts September, and it's a great opportunity to learn taxes from A to Z. And you can also do it online. So wherever you're listening in the listening uh, area airways, you can take the class, go to egtax.com to register for the class. And I can't tell you how amazing the course is. Uh, The online one is taught by Dana, and she is an enrolled agent. And um, our hope is that you'd become an employee, of course course, that would be in the Buffalo ADI. But if you're listening elsewhere, um, it's a great way to learn taxes. And everybody's always looking for a great tax accountant and you'll be uh, and, and, at and a party. And if you're listening, uh, if you're listening from outside uh, the Western New York area, we do have franchises. And so you might, this might be a way to to learn taxes and open up an EG tax franchise. Yep, maybe, maybe you retired right. from our last year's last week's show, and now you're looking for something to do to get that extra in. You know, a, a, fran- a tax franchise isn't bad. You know, it's basically working a few months. four months, and then you you know then you can set your own summer schedule, and then January. And of course, we at, with our franchises, we do all of the summer work. If there should be any letters or anything that comes in. We, uh, we, um, what would the word be like babysit, make sure that everything's good with our franchisees clients. So we don't require that the franchise stay open. Uh, we will take care of their, the client, uh, participation, make sure everything's taken care of. Yeah, so it's a, I know, it's a wonderful thing. I know that my daughter likes to go to this, um, place that does drinks, sports drinks, and they're open all year long and they're crunching it and they're hitting it hard. But an EG tax franchise opened up a few months and it's a great opportunity to help people. It really is. All right. You know, last week we talked about pensions. We talked about they were tax deferred, but you know, do you ever find that people just don't even understand what a tax bracket is? I mean, have you ever had somebody work. say, you oh know, you know, go I, into the next I, tax bracket. Right. And I, and I worked overtime and I'm not going to do this anymore because I gave all my money to the federal government. And I just thought it's, this seems so basic, but I thought we should talk about what a tax bracket is, 
how you should feel about your tax bracket and things that you can do to reduce some of your taxable income. Right. Yep. Absolutely. I can't tell you, Esther, how many people say to me, ah, I'm not sure if I should take that job or work overtime because I'm going to go into the next tax bracket. And I'm like, no, no, we live in a graduated tax rate. And so whatever is taxed at 10 is still taxed at 10. Whatever lives in 12 is taxed at 12 and 22. So a little bit might be taxed in that new tax bracket, but don't let that ever hinder you from getting a new job or working overtime. And so you're right. I concur. So here's the thing. If you're single, and and I'm using 2020 tax rates, okay? If you're single and you make under $10,000, then you pay 10%, all right? $20,000 if you're filing a joint return. And it's a little different. It's a little more or less, but I wasn't going to give all the the dollars. You're in the 12% bracket if you're single. And uh, your income is under 40000 So on the first $10,000, you'd pay 10%. On the next 30000 you only pay 2% more on that right. next layer, right? That's right. That's right. And so and it's then really hard to if you go up to eighty six five, if you're single, 173 filing a joint return, then that next layer goes up. 10% more. So you have to understand if you made $100, it would cost you 22 200 it would cost you $22 in taxes to make $100. Instead of $12. And then our last podcast was about pensions and IRAs. So there's tools in your toolbox to lower the taxability and lower the tax bracket that you're in. But yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yep. So and then the next bracket over that up to 165,000 taxable income, 330 filing a joint return. It only goes up 2% more again. Right. So, so on that next level, you'd only go from 22 to 24%. And then the next level over that 209,000 single, 419 married joint goes up another 8%. So it's very incremental. So each layer you pay taxes. And then as you go up, it only goes up on that next level a little bit more. Right. So so if you're jumping from the 22 to the 24% bracket and you made $1,000 more, so you're in the 24% bracket by that $1,000, that's really only costing you 2% of $1,000. So that's costing you 20 bucks. So people make $20. That. So people and so will... you say, I'm not going to work that overtime. I got to give it all to them. Not yeah. really. But but then the husband or the wife will look at each other and they're like, oh, I got to work that overtime or I got to keep working. I mean, I sort of bust their bubble, right? Abs- uh, and the whole thing is we wanted to make sure that you understand that it just goes up by a layer over the last bracket. So you're not paying that much. And then the, obviously the tax, the top bracket is 37%. And that would be for taxable income again on 2020, 524 single, 628 married joint. Now, here's an interesting thing. Let's say you have two single people living together without benefit of marriage. There, they pay at 37% on the, if their income, each one, was over $524,000 or over a million dollars, right? 
Right. But a married couple pays at that highest rate at 628000 So here's the first example of a marriage penalty. Yep, yep. Right? Because two singles pay less taxes than one married couple if you're at that top rate. Uh, until you get there uh, at 35%, it's still, it's still uh, du- doubled. But once you get to that 37% tax bracket, you're better off if you're both single. And I'm not espousing uh, being single uh, <laughs> and living together, but but the marriage penalty just, is alive and well. It's just how the tax law is written, right? Yeah, there's so many clients that they're well aware of this. And then there's all these bennies if you don't get married. So they just uh, live as if they are married, but they're they're not married because right. the taxability of a single person is much better and favorable than it is a married person. And, and, Absolutely. and sometimes, you know, I look at married separate because sometimes it's better if you're an itemizer and things like that. But that would be for a lower income person. Well, yeah, this is at the top. Yeah, at I think, that top, I think it's at better. that top rate. It's at the top rate where the marriage penalty. Right. Fits in. Right. And you, the married separate is good for like the state on the state return. So it depends on what state you're looking at living in. Right now. Now, notice I said taxable income. This is a not your income. This is your taxable income. So what does that mean? Well, that means you first look at your W, what's on your W-2 box one as your wages, not box three, not box five, if you're working, because you have, you may have a job that you make 200,000 a year or 75,000 a year. We'll keep it. But you have your pre-tax medical come out, your health insurance that comes out before taxes. You have your 401k that comes out before taxes. You might even have a couple HSAs, something like that. So your 75000 after these pre-tax dollars come down to 65000 So you're only reporting on your tax return 65000 instead of 75000 but that's adjusted gross income. Right. Yeah. Right? But then you that's go down. That's still not taxable. That's income. still not. Your so income. then what happens? Then, then once you get your taxable income, then you get your standard deduction or your itemized deductions, which is ever, which is ever better for you. Where a single person, it's twelve eight, and a married couple, it's twenty five four, somewhere around there. Um, that you back off of that. So now you take the single person that was at 65 less the basically 13, you're now down to $52,000 in taxable income. And that's what you pay taxes on. Right. That's right. Not the 75. Right. Not what you made. It's what is after all your deductions. And the truth are is uh, Chris just talked about standard deduction or itemized deduction, but there's adjustments too, right? Yep, there are. The, there's the adjustments that we talked about before, the IRA d- adjustment. If you're a self-employed person, the self-employed pension, the SEP. If you're a teacher, there's a $250 potential adjustment for teacher expenses, the student loan deduction. So there's all these adjustments to income too. So And so that takes that 75 that was now down to 65, which is the standard deduction, and maybe their student loan interest, or maybe you put money into an IRA, or maybe you put money into an SEP, those further reduce it. So maybe before your standard deduction, you might have 50,000, then you apply 
your standard deduction. Now you're way down to under 40. I tell you the truth. Um, when Trump did the tax reforms that he did a few years ago, the standard deduction, which uh, adjusted your taxability, became so large. It was there were so many people that don't even have to file. So I was talking to a client yesterday on the phone and she's getting ready to retire and her husband's disabled and her pension is below the filing threshold. So I was like, you don't have to have any withholdings. And she's like, what? I don't have to pay any tax. And so the, the new standard deduction is so large and if you're over the age of 60 it even becomes larger so they don't have to pay any tax she then called back because she didn't believe you of course she called back and she didn't believe right but and then and then here's the thing if you are over 65 and you have that larger standard deduction right yes and you're living on on social security the first thirty two thousand dollars um is your floor in taxable income before you have to pay taxes on your social security there are many people that do not pay any taxes on social security have money in a pension plan that they could withdraw tax free. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And so they have to really, that's called tax plan. And it's not, and it's not a Roth. If these people I have their money in traditional accounts that they took the tax deduction when they put it in that grew tax deferred. And now they are living primarily on social security and have some of this 401k money available or IRA money, and they could actually take out ten, fifteen thousand dollars over and above their Social Security tax free. Right, which is such a smart tax planning tool um, for you know if you ever had to go into a nursing home for your heirs, so that money is out without anybody paying taxes, and so that's simply really good tax planning. And so if you have Absolutely. questions, if you're listening, you can call us and we'll answer these questions over the phone at 716-632-7886. Don't be afraid to call. We're here to help. We love helping and of course, everybody. And, and you can go to our website at egtax.com, ask the tax lady, enter your question, and we will respond right away. And if you're getting love letters or you want to come in for uh, counseling, uh, we're in the West, we are located in Western New York. But of course, we can do a video conference uh, through Zoom, or we can do a telephone conference and uh and ask, answer your tax questions and analyze your tax situation so that you're taking advantage of every loophole that you possibly can. Yeah. Another thing with those, hold your thought, I'm sorry. Another thing, those seniors who don't have to pay taxes, if they got a small part-time job, maybe uh, driving cars, uh, delivering cars or delivering pizza or doing something that didn't earn a lot of money, they'd get to work tax-free. What were you going to say, Chris? I was going to say, don't forget, we also have our weekly radio show where we talk about what's new and everything, too, on uh, com. Uh, we're on Saturdays from 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock in the afternoon, so you can hear a lot of stuff, what's going on, what's new, other people's questions, which may help you as well. That's true. And, you know, you don't have to be in the Western New York area. You can get it... Um, you can get it right on, uh, you can stream it. That's right. the word, streaming. You can stream it from 3 to 4, WBEN, uh, 9.30 a.m., and you can stream it and listen to us on Saturdays from 3 to 4 as well. Okay, so, all right, so, Chris, I think we said that that's what taxable income is. So then we apply that tax rate that we were talking about, right? Right. So if somebody is, is single making 
under 40,500 taxable. That's where our guy ended up. He would be in the 12% bracket, but the first 10,000 would be taxed at 10%. Then the rest of it would be taxed at 12%. So 2% more. So then we have his tax, his tax liability, but are we done then? No, No. because then there's credits that can go. There's credits. That's right. Credits reduce the tax that you (laughs) thought you were going to pay even further. But I know I just did an amended return for somebody you were talking to on an airplane or who knows where you're talking to. And the person who did their return missed a credit and it saved them a thousand dollars when I just amended the return. And so you want to make sure that you take advantage of those credits. And they had already used a lot of credits for child tax credit, but they still had a little more credits to give. Right. And so, so there's credits which take and reduce the tax liability further. Now there are refundable and non-refundable credits. So, and by the way, what we're trying to unpack here today is how your taxes really work. Many of you that are listening are, would be shocked to know that you don't pay any taxes at all. And I know during the political season, uh, election season, they talk about that. And I know people think that it's not true, but the truth of the matter is many people, if not most people pay almost no taxes. Yes, you get a refund, but you're getting a refund of money you didn't, that either was withheld that you didn't have to have withheld, or you have refundable credits, right? Right, right. You guys? Right. And there's different, you know, we just talked about the regular tax brackets. If you have investments, then there's mm-hmm. then there's the capital gains tax rates, which are even less than your tax brackets. Right. Very good point. So yeah. you're absolutely right. So some income doesn't even get taxed at the regular earned income rates that we talked about. Some income that you earn have preferential tax rates, like what Chris is saying, the capital gains rate. So why don't we explain how capital gains rates, so they kind of carve that out of the other taxable income and apply a different tax rate. And explain that, Chris. Sure. So if you're single and your 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 income, we'll say, is the 37000 so you're in the 12% bracket, okay? And that includes $15,000 worth of capital gains. You're going to, on that $15,000 of capital gains for the federal government, you're going to pay no tax. You're not going to pay the 12%. You're going to pay 0% on that $15,000. So that means you're just left with 22,000 that you're going to pay tax on first 10 at 10 and the second 12 at 12%. So you're, you're going to save a lot of money. But if you're then go up to, we'll say at 50,000, that capital gains rate is now 15% instead of 22%. So now you're saving 7% on that capital gains. So as your income goes up, so does the potential taxability of capital gains. But here's the thing that people say, and I know this is another thing I always hear. Oh my God, I'm going to come into, this may be capital gains for me. (laughs) Capital gains 
you would love all your income to be mm. at capital gains rights, right? Yeah, I, I I know that if the current administration has their way, they want to modify some of the favorability of the capital gains. But it's they a, certainly do. It's a wonderful thing, and that's where tax planning. I just um, reviewed a client who had this tax return. She had a large, large, large capital gain, and it cost her a lot of money because she's a high income earner for 2020. But the truth is, is if she had some losers or things like that, you could use to sop up all those gains. Or the truth is, maybe she should have planned and spread it out over a few years when she was selling that stock. But, but even, but even at let's say that she would be at the thirty-seven percent range. Now let's make it the thirty-five, just for simplicity. You don't pay thirty-five percent on capital gains, though, right? No, you you pay twenty. You pay what? Oh, you still right. they'll pay fifteen percent. So they're going to save fifteen percent. Right. right over right so no matter what capital gains you would love things to be taxed at a capital gains mm-hmm. rate because it's much less than regular tax rates until they change the law you're an upper income person and i can't tell you how many amendments i've done for people who do it who are do it or selfers and they forget to use that capital gains tax table instead of they just go and use the regular tax oh, tables right so, yeah explain explain what that is because do it yourselfers. Look at at that that worksheet on the Schedule D, and they go, "Oh, this is way too complicated." So I think I'll just pay at the higher rate. That is stupid. Yeah, it is. And so, um, a lot of people who are do it themselfers, they don't know that there's a capital gains rate table versus using the standard tax tables. And so they go when they have dividends, or they have stock sales, or they have a Schedule D transaction. They just go right for the tax tables instead of using that Schedule D um, tax table rate for capital gains or for dividends. And so they're shooting themselves in their foot, and they're paying more taxes. And many times it's thousands and thousands of dollars. So you want to make sure that when you come to the pass in the road and you could either use the tax tables or you could use the Schedule D worksheet, you want to look to see which way yields a better answer. And when you have dividends well, and capital gains, it's well, almost but, that. But if it's qualified dividends or capital gains, could it ever be better not to use it? No. Right. I mean, so if you're listening and you have not used the worksheet for Schedule D and you have capital assets and you've never used the worksheet and you've overpaid, let's amend your return and get you your money back. Right, right. You know, because the government's not going to say, oh, I think you made a mistake in your favor. Here's your check. No, they're only going to say you made a mistake in our favor. You owe us money. Mm -hmm. Right. So, So, I mean, that's really important. All right. So great information on the capital gains rate. And there's the other income that's highly favored is Social Security, right? Right. Absolutely. It's not all taxable. And so people, when they're planning for their retirement, they just, it's very hard for their, for them to comprehend that not all of your, not much of your social security is taxable. If you're a lower income person, you add up all your social security and all your income, and then you take half of that answer Half of your social security plus all your other income. And if you're single, if that totals over 25,000, then your social security starts to become taxable. If you're a married fuck couple, then it's if it adds up to over 32,000, then the social security starts to become taxable. Right. Right. And so, so you apply this floor, whether you're single or filing a joint return, I might add two singles would be 50. 
A married couple's 32. Marriage penalty, again, applies there. But, but, and the maximum you could pay on your Social Security is 85% of the amount you receive, right? But remember, the 85% becomes taxable, but the tax bracket is applied to the taxable portion. So you don't pay full taxes on the Social Security, right, so, no matter how much your income Yeah, so is. if you have $5,000 worth of taxable Social Security, you're in the 12% bracket, you're paying $600 on your Social Security. And then don't forget what state you look at, live in. Many states, they don't have you pay tax on your Social Security. <clears throat> For instance, here in and New York does State. New York. Right, New York State is kind to retirees, and none of your Social Security is taxable in the state of New York, which is a really exciting thing. Right. It was interesting. I was just reading an article yesterday that the third worst state for a retiree to retire in is New York. Mm-hmm. And last year they were number one, the okay. worst state people. Are but it's, it's very state. interesting to me because I don't really think that's true. I don't think that's I'm I'm just have this I mean, huge I puzzle think the on state my face of New right York. Now. I think the state of New York is very kind. To yeah, I know. I was just doing a Carolina tax return the other day, and um, all of their pension was taxable in the Carolinas. Yeah. So yeah. I yeah, I don't think that's true maybe at all. Maybe they I don't mean, know. New York I State. I will say this: New York State has no benefit for capital gains, like the federal does, and that's a bad thing if you're a retiree. But the first twenty thousand dollars in pension you get is tax free. On the state of New York, and if you're retired on a state, federal, or municipal pension, it's all tax-free. All of your Social Security is tax-free. So um, I don't know if that's really true, but maybe they were talking about discussion for another day. (laughs) Yes, that's true. Okay, so we're we're over here. We got our tax liability. Now we're reducing it by credits. Mm -hmm. There are some credits that are refundable and some are non-refundable. What's some of the non-refundable credits? Um, The lifetime learning credit, the adoption credit, um, the foreign tax credit. Right. Um, If they bring back the energy credit again. uh, So the child, well, it used to be the child care credit. We don't know if they're going to make that refundable or non-refundable. So you got to always stay up to date on the tax law. And that's what we try to do here is to keep people in solar. The car, the the energy car credit. All right. So those would be non-refundable. And then, of course, there's refundable credits, which we're going to talk about the credits on our next podcast. So I'm Esther Golias, the tax lady with Christopher Fabian, Tiffany Fabian from EG tax at egtax.com. Until next time where we're going to make you smarter. I'm Esther Golias. Have a great day. New friends, new opportunities, new partners, EG tax.